Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend uh, and coach and mentor slash tour mentor, John Opaluski. How are you doing today, John? Hey, Jim. I'm really good. It's exciting to be with you this, this afternoon. Right on. And I noticed uh, for those of us that are, that are watching this, not just listening to it, that we're starting to look more like the, the opening of the Brady Bunch. We have more boxes with faces in it than normal. Would you introduce us to our, to our guest today? Yes. I'm really happy to have with us Josh Spurlock. Uh, Josh and I were introduced uh, several months ago by a, a mutual friend, and he has founded a wonderful organization that he's going to tell us about today. And, um, and also really help us, Jim, talk about the subject of pastors as first responders. So Josh, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to hang out with you guys and love talking about uh, the church and pastors and how we can empower uh, the body and the work that our Kings called us to. So Right it's, a, it's a privilege to be here. Yeah, You know, I, I think it'd be good every time somebody talks with some sort of knowledge, it's nice to know that the knowledge is coming from a story, from a narrative and a direction. Could you mm -hmm. give us a three minute version of your story? Like, what was it? How did you get yeah. here from from where? Yeah, so I grew up uh, in the church, uh, felt a call in the ministry pretty early on, about 12 years old or so. And obviously not knowing what all that would mean or where that would take me. That landed me in Bible college for undergrad, uh, studying biblical languages and, you know, beating my face against lexicons uh, into the wee hours of the morning uh, and going, God, why? Why have you forsaken me? <laughs> right, so your, your journey to mental health began as a patient, evidently, is what you're absolutely, telling me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think anybody that has tried to to master like a Hebrew uh, verb endings, you know, and has a mental break at some point in the process. So I, I finished up at Bible college. I wasn't sure what all context the Lord was going to call me into, whether I was going to be on the mission field, or I was going to be translating discipleship materials from Arabic, because I just thought maybe God really doesn't like me, and that's what he's going to ask me to do. Um, but instead ended up at the uh, seminary graduate school studying counseling and really felt the focus of my calling to hone in on coming alongside uh, pastors and missionaries and my colleagues from Bible college that were going out to the front lines of the field and to come alongside them and their families and hold up their arms in a way in supporting them and encouraging them. Uh, and empowering them as they face the, the challenge and the beat up that comes with being on the front lines of the kingdom. And that's really uh, the form that that took, that heart, that calling that God gave me. I took the form of, of forming a, a regional counseling practice in Southwest Missouri uh, that then uh, grew into uh, what's now my counselor online. 2017 was shifted from a focus of seeing folks in person into this really weird and bizarre new agey thing called online therapy. <laughs> and uh, everybody was looking at me like Noah building an ark in the desert and was like, why would anybody yeah. ever want to do counseling online? Like, that's nuts, Josh. Like, why would you do that? I don't, I don't know. I think this <laughs> is what the king wants us to do. And there's 
yeah. missionaries on the field that keep having to come back stateside. And if they could connect online, then they could just get the help they need where they're at. And I don't know, I'm weird, but this is what the Lord wants us to do. That's what we're going to do. Huh. And then, of course, you know, 2020 came and overnight the entire field shifted into an online context. My phone started blowing up from folks going, hey, you've been doing this online thing for a while. Like, we got to do this this weekend. How do we how do we do this? So just amazing. You know, obviously the Lord goes before us and calls us to do things that don't make no sense until they do. Yeah. And yeah, and few minutes that's that's kind of the story so so josh tell us a little bit more about my counselor online you know mm-hmm. what's the what's the reach of it i mean how do you guys uh, do what you do how do you engage leaders things like that i'm very interested to know how that all happens yeah so we provide clinically informed faith-based counseling so we're explicitly christian counselors folks with graduate degrees in counseling um, most uh, hold uh, state licensures in the states that they're physically present in. And we connect with uh, pastors, missionaries uh, via Zoom, just kind of what we're doing here, a, a HIPAA compliant version, telehealth version of uh, the software and connect with folks from their office, from their car, from their home, kind of whatever context they find themselves in to really come alongside and support them, uh, whether they are in a place of crises, things have come to a head and they're bursting into flames, uh, or much preferred, those that are in that kind of preventative care place, right? Right. That they, they've uh, seen others burn out. They have felt crispy around the edges themselves at times and are engaging a self-care process that really enables them to be wholehearted and strong and, and not reach that place of burnout mm-hmm. and have the wisdom to do like Proverbs says and see danger ahead and take refuge instead yeah. of going blindly on and burning out. Yeah. So one of the mantras uh, Jim and I uh, say a lot is that prevention is always easier than recovery and it's usually a lot less expensive. <laughs> totally. Yeah, and that's it's expensive financially, but but the yeah. what it does to our relationships and, and mm-hmm. the undetermined amount of time it takes you to get back to your new normal and be functioning. It's all those have costs associated with them as well. Right. I would imagine right. in the in the last 12 months, you know, it's one thing to be a soldier, it's another thing to be a soldier on Normandy Beach. What you've mm-hmm. been doing for the last 12 months is is a you know globally unprecedented event and certainly ministers were at the forefront of that. What, yeah, what are some of the things that you would say I'm surprised by in the last 12 months I'm surprised by, or, or maybe just what's just seems to be emerging as the universal need of ministers in the last 12 months? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm one that always likes to look for the silver lining that is yeah. in the sense that I believe that God is at work in the midst of suffering and crises to bring about his purposes in our lives. Yeah. And, uh, one of the things that I'm seeing in the course of this that I'm uh, appreciating is how the the stress of all of this radical change and having to learn entirely different ways of uh, engaging the work that God's called folks to and through new mediums, new contacts and dealing with, uh, you know, the 
all of the different components of uh, church disunity around mask or no mask or all of the all the different pieces, really uh, bringing things to a head internally uh, for uh, leaders and their families. And on the surface of that, that's a you know a gift that nobody asks for. Nobody's like, hey, I'd I'd like that. Could you Amazon Prime that to me overnight? Um, But what it does is it it brings us things that have been undermining our effectiveness as leaders and have been uh, undermining our connectedness and our families, but haven't been bad enough to really get our attention and force us to change, have come to a breaking point and force us to go, someone's got to give here. I'm going to make it. And I've been seeing a lot of that. Lots and lots of folks going to reach that place. And I appreciate the opportunity to normalize that for folks. That it's because so many are going through it at the same time and are reaching that breaking point at the same time. It's helping to remove some of the stigma from uh the instead of it being like oh well well this person over here they must have not been doing something right and that's why they reached that place mm. or this person over here suddenly everybody's like we, we can't all be missing the boat right. you know yeah it's it's a helpful thing though challenging season yeah yeah you know one of the one of the things one of the phrases i like that you use is you talk about pastors as a first responder Mm-hmm. And, and I think that one of the things that's come out of this crisis is, you know, pastoral ministry is a profession. Well, it, it is, but so is being a police officer. So mm-hmm. is being a soldier. So is yeah. being an EMT. And I, and I think that often we neglect to discuss the, the emotional toll it takes to be on the front lines with unexpected tragedy day after day after day after day. Could you, could you go a little bit more why you use that phrase, first responder? Where did that come from? Yeah, so... It's it's a capturing of a reality that's often denied, right, and not seen amongst pastors. I like to call it a, like a modern Gnostic heresy of sorts that we can look at uh, a police and and medical professionals and military and firefighters and see their uh, first responding take place and go, well, of course, facing those things day in and day out is going to have an impact on their body and on their personhood. But somehow we, we spiritualize kind of the role of pastor and dehumanize and right. kind of deny the realities of the body that somehow when we put on the, the pastor's hat and engage that, those facing those same traumas in people's lives day in and day out because we're pastors isn't going to impact us. That somehow we're not confined by the same human limits that uh, others are. And so there's a need to, to reorientate a little bit right, and give permission to be human and to have a body and to recognize the embodied ministry that we engage. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like this term for its effect in accomplishing that or at least encouraging folks in that direction. You know, you know, Josh, you said something that really just just struck me that we spiritualize often and dehumanize. And I don't know that I've ever put those two thoughts in one sentence, Mm -hmm. just the way you did it. And I think that really, really is true that 
uh, somehow, so in our tribe, when you get ordained as a minister, you get this thing around your neck, you know, that, but I I don't even know what they call that, a stole or something like that. And we've told pastors, that's not Superman's cape. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, we say that. We say that with words. Yeah. I don't know that that's always the messaging that pastors get though. You know, and, and so one of our, one of our purposes for doing this podcast, Josh, is to do that, is to help humanize mm-hmm. the role and help pastors understand that they have limits, that uh, they don't have limitless energy. They don't have limitless time. They don't have limitless talent. Yes. And, um, and so I just love that phraseology of, we spiritualize and dehumanize yes. and those two things are happening a lot of times at the same time. And it's so yes. unhealthy for us as leaders. Yes. Yes. Now that we deny the incarnation in some ways. Mm. Uh, so I look at pastors very nice. I want you to be like Jesus. Go take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Middle of the work day. Yeah. You know, the, the disciples are boat top. They're kind of doing their thing. Yeah. And Jesus is like, I'm going to go take a nap. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, the, the world, the, the world of those around him is coming to an end when he takes the nap. Literally. Right. Yeah. right? <laughs> well, there's just the crowds, right. Are looking yeah. for Jesus and the disciples are looking for Jesus because they have real needs. Yeah. Right. They have demon possession. They have physical ailments and sickness, and he has the power to heal and change their situation. Right. And they're looking for him. They're looking for Jesus. And he's often taken a walk. Right. And Luke says, as he often did. Right. It's like, where's Jesus? Who knows? You know what he does. He just kind of disappears (laughs) down on a walk somewhere like there's a need that Jesus is modeling for us in his incarnated humanity, physical limitations that he's living within. And he's given permission to us to follow in his footsteps and recognize the limits that we live within and that the King, our creator is not asking us to deny the limits that he created us with. Right. It's interesting because you know, that same, that same thought that his to-do list was endless sheep without shepherds and demon possessed to say, I mean, it's, it's real needs literally, uh, you know, and that's just in that area. That's not outside the known world. That's not, you know, everything that's happening. And yet Jesus took a nap, went for a walk, didn't yeah. apologize for having a prayer life, uh, set mm-hmm. boundaries where he had a relationship with the one that was different than the three that was different than the 12 that was different than the 120 that was different mm-hmm. from the crowd. That he, he all those, it seems very strategically, didn't he, into his life to maintain a balance? Is that the right word or sanity? Yeah. Or both, yes. And yeah, that he told people no, that he disappointed their expectations. Right? Oh. He didn't give them what it is they want. There's and a whole there's a whole podcast that should be on getting comfortable with disappointing people's expectations of yeah. be like make a note of that. People's expectations. Yeah. Yeah. So Josh, we're we're uh, really coming uh, coming close to our time, uh, and I think we have so much more to talk about. Would you be willing to join us uh, for another uh, another uh, podcast? Oh, I'd love to. I mean, this is this is the the message that the King's given me to kind of stand and mm. and holler, and so it's it's passion for me. Would love to do that. So yeah, I'd love to just ex- we'd love to explore a few more yeah. uh, items with you. So Jim, why don't you uh, wrap us up? 
Yeah, I, I, again, I just we're just scratching the surface, aren't we? I really get into what what happens and how to untie the knots in in the soul and the mind and the home and the heart of a first responder. We we hope to get into that next week. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, John, for facilitating this conversation that hundreds and even thousands now get to listen to. And we hope that as this has been a a blessing to you that you'll pass it on to somebody. You'll give it a thumbs up. You'll share it. You'll recommend it to a friend. It's all free. We love doing it. And uh, we, we hope that we continue to serve a role in your life as a leader, as a pastor, uh, as, as a, a kingdom person. And we pray that you will uh, let us know if there's anything we can do for you. And John, just the 10 second version, how do we get a hold of you if we, if we need to? So the best way to get a hold of me is convergecoach.com and hit the contact link and that begins a conversation with us and, and josh how about you what's the yeah. if somebody wants to get uh, in touch with you what's the best way for them to do that yeah hop out on your phone or smart device or computer and head to mycounselor.online so hmm. mycounselor.online and that will connect you with us terrific well gentlemen thank you for your wisdom and your availability uh, it means the world to, to us and uh God bless you, our listeners. We hope that we will see you again soon as you continue to lead from the line.